This episode of this Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey is brought to you by Energy Healer Jean Borders' Personal Powerful Transformation Program. Know you're leaving money on the table, but can't figure out how to bring it in? Need to double your productivity and profitability? Need an extra push to get things moving in the right direction? Visit www.focusedpracticaldreamer.com slash transformation now and apply for a business consultation with Jean. Welcome to the Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey, where we take out your emotional baggage and heal your emotional body so you get to enjoy the success you desire and deserve. Prepare to feel a sense of relief and empowerment as we get rid of the baggage you've been carrying that's held up your business success up until now. Be sure to visit our website at www.focusedpracticaldreamer.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, lean in, get comfortable, and prepare to take off. Hello, everyone. This is Jean Border, your host for the Focus Practical Dreamer's Journey podcast. I have a really cool guest today. This is Jamie Gibson. And she's going to talk to people about how and why and and the benefits and pitfalls of procrastination. <laughs> I think that's such an interesting topic because we all find ourselves falling into that pit occasionally. Hi, Jamie. How are you? Hi, Jean. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about you, your background, and how you got involved in focusing so much on procrastination. Yeah, I, uh, well, I was in corporate world for 30 some years. Um, and I'm somebody who tends to like to be in the background more because I like to make you look good versus me, right? Uh, so going into my own businesses has been out of my comfort zone, but doing it. But before I started doing that, I, I started going through some money issues and I actually went through not one, but two bankruptcies. And, you know, after the first one, I'm like, okay, never again, never again. And, but of course it happened again. And it, they, they coincided with some, a couple of layoffs, but that's still not a really great excuse. Right. So after the second one, I had to really sit down and look at what is going on with me. And I am the person that will be there for you. I will make things happen for you. But when it's my stuff, I'll get to it later, right? It's like the interior designer that can do wonderful things, but then you see their home and it's like, what job do you have again? <laughs> because it just doesn't look like it. So um, I had to do some really deep diving and I was paying bills, but they were being paid late. You know, I was doing things that I needed to do, but it was always late. And so I was starting to look at, you know, and I was having all these excuses to myself to justify it, justify it. But I had to get really honest with myself and through a bunch of, you know, self-help, research, all that kind of thing. My whole thing with my procrastination on the big things has to do with a lack of self-worth. Like I will do things for you before I'll do them for me. I don't feel that I'm worthy of having that time until you're taken care of. Right. So once I realized that, it kind of opened up some things for me to see all of my procrastination habits and what they were linked to. And it's just been something that's really interesting. And working with clients, you know, everybody's got their thing, mine is self-worth. 
But once you can figure out that root, that, that root cause of why you procrastinate, it's easier to find the tools that work for you instead of all the generic things that you hear out there, right? Because I was trying, but, you know, this wouldn't work. So I'd be like, okay, fine. I don't have time to deal with this one anymore. I've got to go do something for somebody else. So it, that's just kind of what led me into doing this as a coach, you know, because I procrastination gets such a a, a weird um, hit or something, you know, that you're lazy and all of this kind of thing. But it's it's really not that. It's just your emotional thing that you're avoiding or hiding from or have to be perfect before you do it, all of those kinds of things. It's all tied to your own self-esteem kind of thing. So it's like, let's uncover that. Let's see what it is so that we can move past that because you can do it. You're just telling those stories to yourself for years and years for some people, decades for me. <laughs> that is so interesting that procrastination can be tied to self-worth. That's something I've never even considered, honestly. Yeah. yeah. For me, yeah. I just thought, well, I like to do these things and I don't like to do those things, so I'll put those mm -hmm. things off, you know. So yeah. Marketing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get that so, one. Now what you're saying, there's probably something underneath the reason why I just don't like marketing. Yeah, yeah. And it's just being really honest with yourself, which is kind of scary. But once you can kind once you do allow yourself to, you know, pull pull off the covers and really look. I mean, it was hard to admit to myself that that's what I thought of myself. But it was also liberating at the same time because I don't have that issue like I used to have. Does it come up still? Sure, it does. But now I recognize it. Now I see it. And now I can, I've got the tools that I figured out for me personally that can get me over the hump to get done what I need to. But isn't that kind of the way a lot of us are brought up is to put other people's needs before your own? I mean, unless it's a basic survival need, you know, but yeah, their yeah. needs come before your wants. Yeah, but some of us take it to an extreme. <laughs> and I was one of those people. You know, I remember watching the Joy Luck Club years ago when it came out, you know, and it's the four different mothers. And there was one that I just identified with completely because she was the one that would always take the least amount or the less quality or whatever. And it's like, oh, my God. That is me. <laughs> it's interesting when we see ourselves in someone else and mm -hmm. and it hits. And yeah, that's how the world sees me, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not something we consciously think of. And no, I think, right? Yeah. You think you've got it all together and nobody knows what's going on, but it's like, mm, they see you. You know, they're going to treat you the way you treat yourself. So that's where it came from. You know, so I just. I couldn't go through another financial thing. So I had to look at what was wrong with what I was doing. And that's just what led me into this. I mean, I had already started to get my coaching certification, but then I just started looking a little deeper and doing some real soul searching and a lot of reality checks. <laughs> so self-worth is probably one of the biggest yeah, behind-the-scenes drivers, right? Yeah, self-worth, fear of failure is a huge. Um, perfectionism, well, that's kind of connected to the fear of failure. Uh, fear of being seen, 
fear of change. I mean, it all comes to a fear kind of thing. And the self-worth kind of thing is kind of a fear thing because I need to make you happy so that I'm worthy. And if I don't, then I'm scared that I'm not going to be enough. So perfection, I mean, I'm sorry, procrastination, it, it's tied to a lot of fears. But society, pop culture, whatever you want to say, just has labeled it as you're lazy. And you're just, you know, you can just do it, pull up your bootstraps, right? Just do it. And it's like, that doesn't always work, you know? And and I don't, I, I'm not someone who has, was procrastinating everything, but the important things that had to do with taking care of me, that's what I was procrastinating. I'm, I'm all, I always get introspective when I talk to people about topics that I hadn't considered before. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, where in my life is that showing up? Where in my life is that showing up? Yeah. <laughs> because I, as I say repeatedly on these shows, what is showing up in one part of your life is also showing up other places. You've just not mm-hmm. been aware of it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awareness is the first part of change, right? You have to be yeah. aware of something the way it is and the way you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's just sometimes it's just easier to say that's just the way I am. But, you know, doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be. And it's not who you truly are. It's it's that that judge, those tapes, all of that stuff that you've just accepted is it's it just is. So, you know, with with this, I take it when I work with my clients of helping to kind of empower them, see that you do have the ability to make this big change here. We can do it in baby steps. You don't have to go jump in the deep end. But, you know, let's start to make those shifts. And as as they make, you know, each time as they make a little bit of a difference, a little bit of a difference, it builds up that self-esteem, which procrastination also puts a big hit on self-esteem. And as the self-esteem rises, so does the resiliency, and so does the confidence, and you can do more. And then it's easier to recognize when it's hitting you again, <laughs> to be like, oh, my self-worth's coming up again. Okay, let me take care of this. Yeah, I like I said, I keep going internally. It's like, so why have I been so resistant to marketing? Mm-hmm. And I know that the result is my business could have grown so much more Right now, mm-hmm. word of mouth. I mean, I, I'm yeah. 95% referrals. Yeah, people, yeah. People like what I do and they refer me. And I've been very resistant to actual marketing. Yeah. I'm I'm stuck on why am I so? What I've got the same thing still with marketing too. And I've been playing with my, mine is just a, a fear of being, because like I said, I like being in the background. So to market, especially as a solopreneur, you've got to be front and center stage. And it's like, oh, God, you know. <laughs> yeah, I have so many friends. It, it, through this business, you know, you make a lot of business friends. And I have so many friends who are just on Facebook all the time posting video after video. And I'm like, do you get anything else done? You know? Yeah. But they come across online and in person more of an extroverted personality. And so that fits them, right? Right. Whereas for me, I would procrastinate. I do. I procrastinate that out. Finally, I said, you know, that's not for me. I had to come to terms with that is not me. So to do that does not feel authentic for me, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to find other ways that do feel authentic. Yeah. So I don't. So other than self-worth, you say there are 
maybe six different kinds of procrastinators? What? Yeah, there's six different types of procrastinators. I mean, if you go on Google, they they may drill it down to 20 different types, but I see it as six uh, umbrella types, so to speak. Um, the first one is like the active procrastinator. These people tend to run on adrenaline. These people are the ones that are like, it's due at two o'clock. I'll start it at one forty-five. Now, see, that used <laughs> to be me. And in some cases, well, I wouldn't go quite that far. But even on like in school and term papers and stuff, mm-hmm. the last day, yeah. that was it. Doing all the research, getting all the stuff written, staying up, get you know, getting it done. Yeah, that's yeah. Funny. And the interesting thing is there's the six types, but I, I also recognize that we all have different aspects of each one, but there tends to be the one that is the bigger one, the, the overreaching one. So um, another type is the passive procrastinator, and they're more like um, uh, looking for permission before they even try or... Uh, it'll be there later. I can get to it later. It's probably more of the the uh, um, stereotype of what you think procrastinators are, right? They're just like, oh, yeah, later, 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 put it off, right? Um, I, find, I don't know, it keep coming back to me, but I find this fascinating, and I'm trying to relate everything you say to me. So mm-hmm. when I do that kind of thing, and I do that kind of thing, yeah. I, I've come to the conclusion that maybe it's so that I have something that I know needs to be done in the future so I will still have a purpose. How convoluted is that? But I've said those kind of things to myself. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. All these justifications say, that we come up with. We, we're good at it. Humans are great at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, then a, a third one would be uh, the perfectionist. And this one... It, is afraid to do anything until it's exactly right because heaven forbid that I trip, you know, heaven forbid I say the wrong thing during a presentation. And so they tend to be that perfectionist that they're trying to make everything so good, so perfect that it keeps getting delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. You know, it's like I'll start the business here, but I've got to get A, B, C, D done first, you know. And to create a logo before I can get a client. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah. That thought process. But you know, that's that's that fear of judgment coming in for that one big time. Um, then we've got the uh, decision analysis or decision paralysis person. This tends to be me. This is my overreaching one. Um, and this one will do all the research. Let me check all this. Let me talk to some people about this. Let me get these opinions. Da 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 da. I want to be sure I've got all the information here before I make a decision. Which you know, as a business owner. Not real great. Yes, <laughs> the kiss yeah. yeah, yeah. Then there's the um, one, two, three, four. Then there's the uh, what I call the strategist uh, procrastinator, and these people will be uh, they will they've got a strategy as to why they're putting something off, and it usually sounds good, you know. Um, but then it's it's kind of like. And I'm sure everybody's heard this. It's like the person who says, when I make X amount of money, I will do Y. Well, then they make X amount of money and they're like, well, I still need this much more money. So they keep putting it off, putting it off. But they, they're doing it with a strategy behind it that they think is smart. And it it is. But then they're using it to hide behind actually taking the jump. And then the last one is, I call this one the rebel. <laughs> this one is more, um, it's, it's a little unusual. It's, it's more the uh, 
if you're going to tell me to do it, I'll do it later. You know what I mean? If you're going to tell me I have to do it this way, I'm going to do it that way. I mean, it's basically the rubble. And, you know, they they go outside the norm of things. They do it their way. Sometimes it takes them longer, but they're using that as the excuse. They're using the excuse that I do it my own way, but it's still allowing them to procrastinate. So maybe they're taking 10 more steps to do something that they don't need to, but they're like identifying themselves as this is the way I need to do it. And so that kind of puts things off too. And like I said, we've got all six of them. A lot of us, many of us have aspects of all six in different situations, but there's the overreaching one, you know, and like I said, for me, it's that decision paralysis and it's, it's like... Okay. And and so once you can identify which of these six is kind of your, your big one, then it's easier to find the strategies to help you get through procrastination. Because to tell somebody that they've got to put a timer on something to get it done, you, you the active procrastinator is going to be, sure, I've got a timer for 10 minutes. I'll do it when I've got two minutes left, right? And that's great. They'll get it done. But a lot of times they get it done and it suffer- the quality suffers or they burn out, all of those kinds of things. So once you can identify your your typical way of procrastinating, then we can work with, okay, what tool works for that type more often than not? And we can personalize it more to help you get through your habits. Okay. So what if you just don't want to do the task that you know has to be done? What do you call that when you just put it off and put it off? Because like, is that the rebel? You just don't want to do it. And so you refuse to do it until you absolutely have to? That's the passive. Well, it's probably a combination of the passive and the rebel, depending on what it is and how you're behaving with it. You know, it's like, are you are you saying, I just don't want to do it and you just kind of fight it? Or you say, I just don't want to do it and you just don't deal with the elephant in the room? You know, so internally, I fight it. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's probably a little bit more the rebels. You know, I'm gonna, well, I think so. And I'm going to use taxes as an example. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I've, I, I did all my own taxes for decades and decades and decades. There are a few things that I use CPA. I would use CPA for. But finally, like when my dad passed away and with all the inheritance, the estate stuff, I finally just turned it over to somebody and said, here, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I would. I mean, I always file extensions just because that's what the experts tell you to do. File an extension. The 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 audits or percentages are smaller, and but you still have to do all the work. You know, you still have to get it done internally. The dialogue that goes on, uh, it's that's just. But like with the passive, you're being given permission to do the extension because that's what you do. Everybody says to do extension, so you grab hold of that so you can continue to for credit. <laughs> Yeah. And all these people really interested on topic. You know, the first week of January, I'm like, um, no. Yeah. Um, I know I've got a friend who had everything done by December 31st. They were just waiting for, you know, the stuff to come in the mail. And I'm like, and they would be so almost dead on (laughs) on December 31st. What they just, what they figured out with, you know, they would be almost dead on. And I'm like, oh, I, I admired it, but. Again, I was like, no, just like you. I'm like, no, I'll wait. <laughs> Especially in the business world. It's not just get a W-2, put that information in on the easy yeah. form, and you're done. It doesn't yeah. work that way in a business, right? No, it doesn't. All the expenses we have to track. We have all the receipts that we have to 
maintained so that if there would be an audit, we can say, oh, no, here is the proof, right? And categorize it all. And yes. It's like, oh, you know, if you have a receipt that's got something that goes in one category and something in the other, it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can't just, it, it's, it gets weird. Yeah, I agree. I don't like it either. <laughs> <laughs> and then I turn it over to this guy who's a friend. He says, and what's wrong with taxes? And I'm like, oh, my goodness, because he loves the stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And we all should play into our zone of genius. He loves exactly. numbers. He thinks it's very logical. It's very easy to work. He likes working with all his clients' stuff. And that's great for him. Mm-hmm. It's great for me because I can just turn it over. But I just still have to do all the... All the other... Th- yeah, he tells me I'm I'm one of his more organized clients because I have everything categorized and in a spreadsheet and when this happened and all that stuff, you know, I like Excel. What can I say? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, but there you go. Anyway, we got off topic, but that's the whole rebel. I think of the procrastination people telling me I have to do something I don't want to do and then requiring that I do it and me finally giving in and saying, okay, I'll do it, but not until the last second. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just, it's so, I, I mean, I, I love, I love what I've, what I do. You know, I love diving into that whole thing of, okay, so why is it on this one? You do it this way. And this one, you do it this way. What's going on here? I just, I love it. it it's so exciting to me, but I'm kind of weird that way. Um, Cause I, I'm also, I mean, I got my degree in sociology with a minor in library science. And I, one of my favorite things is just to go someplace and sit and watch people. And just the stories that I can see going on. So, you know, it helps with the coaching for sure (laughs) to know how to to ask the right questions. (laughs) Okay, so I brought up this thing about deadlines and taxes are due on a certain day and all that stuff. Talk to me about time management and procrastination. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that time management, that's where I find that knowing the type of procrastinator you are works best because time management is not a one size fits all uh, tool. You know what I mean? Some people do really well with a very detailed schedule down to the minute or the hour of when they're going to do something. And then somebody else will look at that same schedule and just freeze up and go sit and watch TV because it's too overwhelming. So it's, you know, that's, again, where I'm finding that once you figure out what works for you, it's kind of like what you said with your friend who his genius is doing taxes. So, you know, that's great. That'll work great for him. So he's probably right on top of everything when he's doing, you know, filing and all that kind of stuff where you're kind of like, that's not my genius and I don't care. And so you're going to go sit and watch TV where he'll go like, yes, I can do this because it's detailed. I know the minute to minute. So it's that's where I'm seeing with the time management. Everybody can do stuff. They really can. But when you're trying to fit yourself into a box like this person does it and it just isn't your personality, it's kind of like, you know, like you were saying before, the introvert and the extrovert. You can't make the introvert be as successful on stage as the extrovert because it's just not in your nature. You can do it, but it's not in your nature. Right. And it's a lot of struggle and you start to resent that you have to go on stage and all of that kind of stuff. So if we can find your type, then we can find which of these time management tools work for you best. And I never even thought of 
different time management systems fitting different procrastination scenarios. So that's really interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like the diets out there. <laughs> for some people, you know, because that's how they operate. And some of them work for other people. It's just, it's not, diets are not a one size fits all. Neither is time management because we're individuals, you know? So how are you made up? And what do you, what speaks to you? What resonates with how you work and how you operate and how your mind thinks? So I'm going to make this personal to you, but you can make it general if you want. How did your procrastination type impact your business growth when you were starting out? How did you get from yeah. non-business to where you are now? No, nope. yeah, or learning That's, your procrastination types. Yeah, it's still it's still a work in progress, <laughs> but um, I, I'm I'm glad that. I did this soul searching I did with the bankruptcies because I see the self-worth thing. So, <clears throat> and I also now see that I've got the analysis paralysis kind of, or decision paralysis kind of thing. So how it affected me was I, I would put things off, you know, because it's like, I've got to take another course or I've got to do this, or I've got to do this first, you know, um, because this person said that, you know, successful coaches have ABCD. So I was listening too much and reading too much and all of that. And I recently, you know, in the last year, um, did take another course, but I really, this course really resonated because her teaching was what you don't have to do what everybody says to do and what works for you, which of these different ty types of marketing speaks to you and you can do that. So once I was able to drill down and hear, okay, I don't have to do it like everybody else does. It's helped me to start to move forward and maybe I'm doing things, my marketing and stuff a little different than some people, but it works for me, you know? Um, if I would talk to some other people, they'd be like, you can't do that. You have to put all of this into it in ABCD. And it's like, mm, but this is working for me the way it is. I was trying to fit into what everybody said you have to do as a solopreneur and starting your own business. And, you know, I, I wanted to be sure that I did it right because, you know, that whole self-worth thing's coming up again. And it did get in the way for a little bit, a little bit. It really did. But in the last year to two years, I've started to actually make some really strong progress, which I kicked myself because I wish I would have known this 10 years ago. But, you know, I've got it now and I can build on it. So it's been helping. But that's a good point. This is a journey. Mm -hmm. And at any given time, you're at a different place than you were, in your case, 10 years ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So all of those classes, <laughs> I take gobs of classes, and so I have to actually force myself not to to take classes. Mm -hmm. um, but my my thought is, if I get anything, one good good piece of information out of a class, it was worth it to me. Yeah, and some of them, I procrastinate actually doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, I've got a bunch that that I've bought that I haven't even started yet, that I've had for years. Same with books. I mean, my place is stuffed with books because it's like, oh, that's a book I need to read for this. Yeah, I have thousands of books. I've not mm -hmm. always been. I had 
when I was in my late teens, I already had a library at my house. Oh, me too. Um, yeah, I was going. I mean, I went to library science as a minor. I was going to have a bookstore. <laughs> that was a business I wanted to do. So, yeah, yeah. I'm an information gatherer, lifelong learner, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But some of some of those courses, I'm going to call it strategic procrastination, because I didn't need it right then. Yeah. But then I I keep a list because otherwise you forget what you have. Yeah. But if you keep it in your awareness, at some point. It will ping you to say, take this one now. Yeah. So I'm in the energy world. So a lot of that for me is growing your intuition and trusting the information that comes through your brain, right? Yeah. Which is how I got into podcasting. I had no no desire to do it, but it was a, a bonus class or something that somebody offered. And so I took the bonus class and two years later, it just dawned on me, well, I guess I like. I need a podcast. And so it was very easy at that point, right? Yeah. So there's strategic procrastination, I'm going to call yes. it. Um, Timing. I don't, I don't know if that's really what it is, but that's what's coming out at the moment. Yeah. Um, hidden triggers of procrastination. What might some of the hidden triggers be? Yeah. I mean, I can say that things, a lot of it is old tapes that are being played. Or maybe you had an experience a long time ago where you got embarrassed or it didn't go quite the way you wanted to. And so anything that kind of represents that moving forward, you're like, mm, no, it's, you know, it, it's it's like I had a bad presentation when I was 24, so I'm not going to do well in these presentations. Or I'm a bad test taker, so I'm always bad. I, you know, I had, so it's just those triggers, it's kind of like, it's almost kind of like going down a flow chart and, you know, being on the flow chart, you get to the question, can, are you going, are you going to succeed at this test or not? And the muscle that says that, no, I'm not gets so strong that that's just where everything goes. Right. So it's a little bit of rewiring of the brain that needs to happen with these triggers because it's Pavlov's dog, right? You hear the ding, you're going to do this. So I work with helping you to kind of rewire those triggers so that you don't automatically go into it. You know, it's uh, training, like, you know, training aggression out of dogs can happen for a lot of dogs, but you've got to get their triggers and you've got to, you've got to desensitize the trigger. So in the procrastination, it's anything that has to do with judgment. It's anything that has to do with failure. It's anything that has to do with, um, you know, uh, how I'm going to be perceived. How am I going to be perceived is the biggest thing. And that brings up all of those fears because we all care so much about what people outside of us think versus what we think of ourselves, that we hold that as the, the light to go towards instead of just really being in that authentic place with yourself and being, screw it, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Yeah, the subconscious is always looking at everything through a filter of, is this safe? Mm-hmm. The, had a bad experience in a presentation. Now the subconscious is thinking, oh, that's not a position I want you in anymore because that yeah. feel Remember bad. how bad it was? You don't go there. Yeah. yeah. So the next time the opportunity comes up, you're not any more experienced, but you force your way through the, maybe you were forced into it. You wouldn't experience feeling really uncomfortable, even if you made it through this time. 
And now the subconscious says, see, I told you, I told you. Mm -hmm. So it's going to create the language inside the internal dialogue that says, stay away from those situations. They're going to be bad situations for you. Yeah. I mean, that's how kind of how we were all raised, too. It's like, don't go in the street. So it was always there's danger if you go in the street. There's danger, you know, and if you did tiptoe in the street, sometimes you'd get a swat on the butt, you know, and it hurts. So it's like, oh, it's it hurts to go in the street. So we get programmed when we're little to respond in that way, too. I mean, it's innate in us anyway, but then it's, it's you know, encouraged when we're little, little kids. And then we, you know, take it into adulthood, not even questioning it anymore. And that's where we kind of get in trouble because we just take it blind. Yeah, that's it. Well, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, it's very... And again, once that decision is made that this is an uncomfortable situation, well, then other situations that are kind of like that, Mm -hmm. all the subconscious is saying, well, you know, that might be an an unsafe situation also. And so Mm -hmm. now that old thought process colors this new situation that you've not even tried out yet, but it's kind of similar. So there's this preconceived safety issue, right? Yeah. That's now attached to this new experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it, it's just another fun piece of trying to build your own business with those tapes too. It's like, oh, (laughs) you know, because it's scary to start something like this, you know, to start your own business. It is scary. Anybody that tells you it's not is lying. But it's, you know, you take that step anyway, or do you let those tapes tell you, nope, not yet, not yet, not yet. And then, you know, here you are, in your 60s, starting a business instead of doing it when you're in your 40s. But at least you're doing it now, but you could have started before if if you just kind of pushed teeny tiny baby steps past those voices. And one thing that you alluded to earlier that I'm going to give a practical example, most small business owners at some point are almost compelled to write a book to yeah. prove their authority, their expertise, to get let people get to know them. But then that brings up things like fear of visibility, fear of being heard, um, the vulnerability associated with being seen and heard. Yeah. The fear of the marketing, the the uncertainty of the marketing, right? Mm-hmm. What if they don't like my words? What if they don't like me? All that. Yeah. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the one thing I think we need to remind ourselves that not everybody's going to like what we do or how we present something, you know, that's just the thing. But we're so concerned that everybody approves of us that we forget that you don't like everything that everybody does. So why are you putting that heavy mantle on yourself that you've got to be the one that everybody likes, you know? I mean, I may sound like a horrible person. Taylor Swift, very talented, but she's not my cup of tea, you know? Other, I I know people who would throw stones at me that I said that, <laughs> you know. But you got to remember, and it's okay that somebody doesn't always resonate with you. The perfect client is going to come to you. You don't have to market to everybody. You market to the way I do it personally is I kind of market more to my ideal client is kind of me or who I was before I started getting into things. So I kind of market to her instead of market to the masses. And, you know, if somebody who's not exactly me still wants to talk to me, great, I'll be happy to work with you. But you market towards that one type of person 
instead of worrying about being the authority for everybody. And I feel like that helps you get past some of your blocks too. Yeah. But the whole idea, if you're marketing to everybody, you're marketing to nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't be everybody's favorite. You just can't. If you're very generic, then that's all you are. And people want the specialist. Mm-hmm. They want yeah. the surgeon. They don't want the, the general practitioner, right? And some people need to hear it a different way than what you present it. And that doesn't mean that you're wrong. It's just, you know, some people need to hear it a little softer or harder or in a different way. I remember watching a movie about Bobby Darren, uh, Kevin Spacey was in years ago, where, you know, Bobby Darren did all the lounge singing and then he got into, you know, the 60s kind of music and nobody was listening to his message. And so the one thing he decided to do was he had one of his shows where he was dressed in the lounge singer singing the 60s music and people actually heard him and heard the words of the song. People needed to see that from him to hear what he was saying. So it, it kind of goes the same with your business. It's like, you know, pay attention to the audience you're speaking to and deliver it as they can hear it. You're not going to be able to do it for everybody. And so where does procrastination come in with the message, getting your message right and getting your audience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of comes in more with you're trying too hard to be perfect for everybody. You're trying too hard to get everybody's approval for what you do. I cannot tell you how scary it was the first time I started saying out loud about my bankruptcy to people because there was a lot of shame with that for me. and old classmates or, you know, old colleagues or something hearing that story that I always hid that part of me. But allowing myself to be vulnerable to do that with my messaging has helped. So it's just kind of like I had to put aside the whole thing of what other people were thinking and focus on what my intention was to help people. And in order for me to do that, I felt I needed to share my own journey in sorts because then I'm more authentic to you instead of you know preaching from a pulpit I've been there I get it and here's here's what happened to me so with your messaging I think the procrastination with the messaging is just that fear of of being visible that fear of being seen that fear of being vulnerable in front of strangers you know the fear of being judged yeah exactly it's all fear Procrastination is just fear. It really, it's not time management, it's fear. Interesting. So something in your bio I really, really like, which is let's embrace who we are and transform our maybe laters into let's do this now. <laughs> I like the energy of that statement. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's action, it's excitement, it's not just let's do what we have to get done, it's mm -hmm. let's make it, let's do it our way. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, people are unique. Embrace your uniqueness and do it your way. Yeah, you've got guardrails around you, we need those, but 
it, it's kind of like, you know, painting. There's the three primary colors. But if you didn't start mixing them up on there, you would get, wouldn't get the rainbow of colors that we have, you know? So do it your way. Make a new color for you. So when you first talk to a client, what's the first conversation that you have or what's this first step that you go through with them? One of the things I do, I mean, once, in, you know, in our initial call or conversation, you know, I talk about where procrastination has been playing and, you know, what's their biggest pro- biggest issue with it. But then I want to go into working with you and I spend an entire a session with them on develop uh, not developing on discovering your core values because once you know your core values what's important to you that also helps to determine you know um what kind of strategies work for you right so if i can get your top four or five core values then as we're working together if some of the things that you're saying to me that you want to do don't feel like they're resonating and feel like they're kind of procrastinating. And then I can look at your core values and say, this has nothing to do with you as a person or, or what you said was important to you. So why are you doing it? Why are you why are you causing yourself so much angst trying to do this when you don't care? You know, some people, they're, they're you know, like one of my top core values is learning, you know, learning and compassion. So if I was doing some things where it was like, I'm going to be, um, build, you know, learning and compassion, but then I make the decision, I'm going to start a business where I'm an architect. What? <laughs> what? That doesn't fit. What are you doing? You know what I mean? So it's just kind of helping them to, once we get your core values, then it's easier to understand your big why for why you're doing something, your big why for you know, how, what you're trying to build. And then we can, from that, start to delve more into the procrastination issues going on so that we can, we can marry it together, your why and your actions. And it'll, it'll lessen your procrastination because you're going towards your big why, which is connected to your core values, which is connected to your authenticity. So, you know, it just kind of all comes together a lot smoother then. We have a tendency to just be like, uh, uh, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I should do. But it just doesn't resonate with who I am. But, you know, it's like people who are like, uh, I'm supposed to get married, but they, they're they just not the marrying type. I've got two children. One, they both went to school, to college. My daughter excelled at it. My son, I was like, before he even went, I'm like, this is not his thing. He made it through the first semester and he was miserable. And then he's, you know, when he got the okay to quit from his dad, he started excelling. It's like he's not supposed to go there, but he was trying to fit and he was miserable. So that's kind of what I just want to help you with finding what fits for you so that we can then push past the procrastination so that you can then feel that empowered person that you really are and build those those wonderful empires that you want to build. What are some of the core values that you find most often when dealing with clients, especially ones that they might be in conflict with in your yeah. own business? Um, open-mindedness. Really kind of not. I mean, the, the struggle with that, I mean, they're open-minded, but then there's the anti-values too that are kind of like, uh, they feel that they have to do things very structured. 
you know, and there's there's something in between there that you can marry. But um, if you're saying, okay, let me back up a second. Let's say one of your core values is is family and building your family and having that closeness with your family, but you're creating a job or you're creating a situation where you're away from the family because you're spending 60, 70 hours a week doing this. Well, I thought you said family was a priority to make you happy, but you're over here spending all these hours. So what can we do to lessen this so that we can come more over here to the family part? Does that make sense? You think that you're doing it because I'm doing it for my family, but you've lost the connection with your family because you're over here 60, 70 hours in a room by yourself trying to build something and the family's gone off and done their own thing without you, you know, gone on the picnics without you or whatever. Um, so that's really one of the big ones is, or, you know, self-care being a big uh, core value, taking care of me. But then you're, again, doing all of those hours, you're not taking care of you. So let's come back over here. If that is important to you, let's pair this back here and, you know, get out of that should place. That's cool. And I, I totally see that. I When I set up my business, I made a determination of how many hours a week I was willing to work on it because I had my career with all the hours and all the stress. And that's not what I wanted to build for myself. Yeah. But, um, there are certain times of the year where I have to exceed that. But I have right. to make a judgment call and decide is it really in my best interest to go outside the boundaries that I set for myself? Right. Allow myself to break that rule mm -hmm. for a limited period of time as opposed exactly. to all of the time. Because it's so easy to fall into the, I've got to get this done, I've got to get this done, I've got to get this done, I've got to get this done. Mm -hmm. Really? Is the yeah. world going to stop turning if you don't get that done? Yeah. Or if you choose never to do that and to do something else instead? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I think we don't even pay attention to the ramific the honest ramifications as opposed to just putting it on a to-do list and have to get through the to-do list. And then it just becomes a habit. And it's, you know, one job I had, it's like every quarter we had to put out all these different uh, reports. And I remember one quarter was the most we'd ever done and all of us were just like dead at the end, you know, and our boss was like, I know it's hard. Let's just get through this. And then it goes back to normal. Well, every quarter it went up and up and up. And we all just got used to working those kind of hours and that kind of thing. It, it just became like second nature in a way, but none of us were happy. And I think the same thing happens when you're building your own business. It's great what you said to make that judgment call. Sometimes you are going to have to work more than those hours once in a while. And that's okay. You recognize you have to do taxes, whether you want to or not. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But you, you know that it's a temporary thing. And then you pull yourself back when it's done. That's the, that's the key, I think. It's the ebb and flow of it without getting caught in the tidal wave. <laughs> So you have created something that our listeners can um, have a little bit of fun with. Yeah. Talk yeah. to me about friends. 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 The six characters of friends, they represent the six different types of procrastinators that I described to you earlier. And friends, so, are we talking about the friend next door, the friends, the TV? Oh, I'm sorry. Friends, the TV show. You know, Monica... Chandler, Joey, Ross, all of them. There, there's the six of them. And 
you know, when I was doing some stuff and I was coming up with this thing, I started to see this and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, this is really cool. So I developed a quiz. It's just six easy questions that you answer and it determines which type you tend to be the most. And then you get a, uh, you'll also, it'll be delivered in your email, but you'll also be able to click on a link right away too, to see, you know, what does it, how you and that character are alike and how you deal with things and what your strengths, like for me, I'm the decision paralysis person, right? That's Chandler. So it's like, okay, how am I like Chandler? And, you know, what are our strengths being a decision paralysis person? Because there's strengths for all of these. And what are the challenges I have with it? And then I also give you uh, three, four, three or four, maybe five, I can't remember now, um, tools or or steps you can do that works for your type to deal with your procrastination. So like if you go on my website, there's a, a button at the top there that says, which friend's twin are you, you know, and it's just a fun quiz, but it helps to be able to see and recognize everybody that's taken this quiz has been like, oh my God, I would have never thought that. <laughs> but they're like, it's right, you know. Um, I just had somebody last night call me and it's like, I'm a Ross. How did that happen? But it's right. <laughs> so it's a fun quiz. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, the whole procrastination thing, it has such a hard, you know, stigma about it. I want to make it fun. I mean, it's got to be something that's fun in general, something that's a little lighthearted because there's so much heaviness around it. There's there's sometimes a lot of shame around it. And when you when you're feeling heavy and shame, you can't really make those steps. And as a procrastinator, you're going to do it's like we talked about, you're going to avoid it. So I want to try to make it uh, a little more lighthearted, but still powerful and actionable for you. Cool. And so if you want to take her quiz, the link is going to be down below. And if you want to get in touch with Jamie, her information is also down below. It's just like jamiegibson.com. Is that real simple? Yep. Yeah. And you're also on Facebook, right? <laughs> and I'm on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got a a, a community that I'm building, too. So on Facebook, the private community, you know, to help everybody. So um, that's coming this year. It's, it's being built now. It's uh, getting ready for the new year turn. Cool. So we're coming up to the end of our time together. Mm -hmm. But before we go, I'd like to see if there are any other final thoughts you might have for our listeners. Mm -hmm. I would really encourage people to, if you can start to adopt the mantra, good enough, it's going to take care of all six of those types. You know what I mean? It'll take care of the perfectionist for sure. You know, it'll take care of the passive one because it's like, okay, it doesn't, I, it, whatever I do is good enough. And it's also going to help you build your business because, I mean, I've got my business. I get it. There are many times I have to remind myself this is good enough and just put it out there. Or will there be typos in it? Maybe. But the message is right. Put it out there. It's good enough. I think that that's the thing for for business owners, solopreneurs especially, to just really embrace and give yourself a break because you're enough. So what you're doing is good enough. There's this very short statement that is so important for people, and that is 
done is better than perfect. That's right. And you and can always go and update it later. And one example of that, I just, even today, I just got a, a really, one of the f- business friends that I know, who is very much out there in the world, sent out an email that had two typos in it. Mm-hmm. But they sent it out, and I'm sure they're not going to do a correction, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was a really cool subject matter. And then it's it sat there and, and, you know, waited until it was perfect. Maybe it never would have gotten out there. And the whole point was to get the information, the feeling, the excitement, the motivation out mm-hmm. for the people reading this post. Yeah. Sometimes when you go to that perfection and it's, you know, it's got to be perfect, the message isn't as cool because you're overthinking it instead of coming from the heart of what you want to share. You take your personality out of it. Mm-hmm. And the power out of it. And that's why people come to you, because they resonate with your personality. Yeah. The way you speak, the way you impart information, the information that, that you give. Yeah. So yeah. if you water it down with AI or whatever, you probably exactly. lose some of your... Who you are. Yeah. So you'll just become, you know, another another business that's out there not getting any traffic because you're not standing out in any way because you're bland because you're being too perfect. Yeah, you're being what everybody else is trying to be. Exactly. You're trying to be what everybody else is trying to be. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to thank you so much for being here. It was a very interesting conversation. I, oh, thank you. I brought up things that I'd never considered. So Yeah, <laughs> it's a different way of looking at it, you know. Uh, it's a different way of looking at procrastination, but I think it's a really powerful way of looking at it, too, to help everybody. But I appreciate you having me on. This was great. Oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm glad you were here. It's, I really enjoy having conversations that make me think, but that also fit in with my thought processes, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Of course. Yeah. So, And I think that's what we're all drawn to is people who think a little bit like us, but maybe have thoughts that we hadn't considered yet. Yeah, exactly. It opens up possibilities, and I'm all about possibilities. Exactly, exactly. I mean, maybe you don't agree with some of the things that were said. That's cool, but at least you heard it, and you can decide what works for you. Exactly. Exactly. So once again, thank you for coming. Thank you. I want to thank my listeners for tuning in once again. If you'd like to get in touch with Jamie, all her information is down below. And you know how to get in touch with me if you need me. It's just jeanborder.com. And I want to thank all my listeners for actually tuning in again. This is Jean Border, your host with the Focus Practical Dreamers Journey podcast. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Focused Practical Dreamers Journey, where we take out your emotional baggage and heal your emotional body so you get to enjoy the success you desire and deserve. Remember to visit our website at www.focusedpracticaldreamer.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey.